Oh my god. I ruin the USA economy every time, please. Oh god. You don't understand. I can't stop shitting gold. <laughs> Fucking hurts so bad. <laughs> Invasion of the Nerds. My name is Chris. And I'm Andre. And we are here today to talk about a movie called A Quiet Place. Very loudly, original joke. Very loudly. Because <laughs> I wasn't told like 500 times already. I really fucking hate that joke. <laughs> Everybody in these like magazines yeah. and reviews of the movie keeps saying, oh, this this movie is making such a loud boom. Yeah. <laughs> Make such a loud noise not, at the box office. That's such a quiet review Ugh, for a quiet I'm place. Like, Shut the fuck up. That is not a funny joke, okay? <laughs> Especially not for the 20th fucking time that I've heard it. Except, so, except the time I did it, like just now, right? Yeah. Well, we're not going to make that joke anymore. So, okay. <laughs> we're going to move on. I'm sick of that fucking joke. So, let's start off um, just a general background of the movie like we did last time. Okay. Last podcast, we did a podcast on Psycho. A little movie from 1960. With the milk. And, yes, with the milk conspiracies, which you guys, I'm sure you love my milk conspiracies. <laughs> I have some good fucking milk conspiracies up in here. Um, there's no milk conspiracies in this movie. Or water conspiracies, because it could have been, like, signs. Wait, wasn't it, like, supposed to be part of Cloverfield or something? Well, we're not going to jump the gun here now. I like jumping guns. No, 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 no. We're going to get started with just some general background in the movie. Okay. Um, this time I'm going to be better with spoilers. No, we're going to spoil the movie. Spoil the movie. Okay. So spoiler you just want, So we're just going to be upfront about it. That's a spoiler. Spoiler cast. cast. We're not going to try to... Last time we were like, we're not going to spoil it. I know, it, I fucked we, up real bad. <laughs> I'm sorry. Spoiler cast. If you did not see this movie, one, you should. Two, come back afterwards. Clap back, bitch. Clap back. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to get into the background of the movie. So the screenplay was, I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but John Krasinski had a huge involvement in this movie. He directed in it, he obviously acted in it, he helped produce it, and he also helped write this movie. But originally, the screenplay was written by two other dudes. Mm -hmm. Their names are Brian Woods and Scott Beck. Beck? Like the Beck? Uh, like a musician? No. Oh. His name is Scott, like Scatty. Like Beat me up, Scatty. Like Skibic. Uh, no. And it was based on a story that, you know, they had come up with these ideas together, and Krasinski eventually became involved when he read the script. And he was like, this is a fucking rad-ass script. Script? Script? <laughs> script. <laughs> He's like, this is a rad-ass script, This is a guys. great script. I'm gonna put all my money inside of this script right here. He's like, this script's fucking really good. Um, so he decided that he was gonna rewrite it and help them out with some of the kinks and suit it to more of his... <laughs> What's wrong with kink? Don't kink train them. No. Just, <laughs> I'm saying, work out the, like, little bumps that they have. Like, What's wrong with bumps? Little plot holes, maybe. Why, are you, why do you hate bumps and kinks? What's wrong with you? 
There's nothing wrong with me. <laughs> Except you're wrong with me. Thank you. So he rewrote it to suit his idea of it focusing more on a family dynamic due to the recent birth of his second child. It's, there's a little bit of self-masturbation in that. A little... What the fuck is that supposed little, to mean? Self masturbation. I'll explain it later. It's uh, he's mm, the fuck is that supposed to? Because he's like, look what I do with my for my family. Oh, well, I kind of believe oh, it. Like, I, I know he would I 100% do it. I hundred percent believe that he would do that. But, but he made the scene extra dramatic for. I'm just you'll you'll see. I really liked the scene. Anyway, it was a good scene. So he directed, acted, and helped write the film under Paramount, which is ironically same studio we were talking about last time, Psycho. So another Paramount movie. Oh man, we're just gonna do Paramount. Podcast We're only going to do Paramount movies. Um, and then we have to do Paramore because it kind of sounds like Paramount. <gasps> that means we get to do Rugrats Go to Paris. Are you joking? That's a Paramount movie? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> we should review that movie. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, originally this movie was actually supposed to fit into the Cloverfield series. Ooh, Gun Jump. But the studio thought it worked better as a standalone story. Yeah, it would have just fucked up all the Cloverfield. Which I agree, it kind of does There's work. a big dino, then there's that guy from Roseanne in the house, and now there's mini monsters. I never saw that one, but I heard it was pretty good. Cloverfield Lane? Yes. Me either, I just heard it was good too. I just know that the dude from Roseanne, what's his name? He plays Sully um, in Monsters, Inc. Uh, he plays the one KKK member in no Brother Huerta. I know his name, but it's escaping me. We'll move on. So yeah, it was originally supposed to be part of the Cloverfield series. I'm really glad it wasn't, though, because I, I like this as a standalone piece. I'm sick of all of this franchise bullshit. Oh, wait, but if they did it in Cloverfield, what if they did a Jurassic Park ending? What? Where, like, the million monsters are going to go chase them, and then the big Cloverfield monster comes no. and, like, eats the little one. He's like, that would have pissed me off so much, and that would have changed the tone of the movie 100%. <laughs> so shut the fuck up. <laughs> Opinion does not matter here. It's so funny. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, so, and then Emily Blunt, John Krasinski's wife, originally didn't actually even want to be involved with this project. Just because it was such a dark tone, she was like, I don't really know if... I'm about to do Mary Poppins. I don't really know if I'm going to be in a good mood. If I do this fucking movie before that, I might want to just kill myself. Um, Mary Poppins is about poor orphans, isn't it? No, it's about rich people. Yeah, no, yeah, no, the, the rich kids. It was There was a and, poor like, their dad was like chimney a, sweep. Yeah, you're talking about Dick Van Dyke's character? That was Dick Van Dyke. Yeah, chim, chimney, chim, chimney. Chim, I don't want to get sued, so shut up. Oh, true. <laughs> And, uh, but she read the script and she was like, this is fucking amazing. Like, amazing. I have to be in this movie. It was a good script. Um, so she was like, I'm going to be in it. Like, you don't have a choice. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like she re- referred him to one of her friends. It was like, if I, you know, you could just hire this person. And then she read the script. She was like, fuck no. Like, if you hired her, like, fire her. Like, I want to be in this movie. <laughs> so, yeah, her... And her husband got to be in a movie together the first time. It was really cute. And the scene where they're dancing and they're listening to Neil Young, Harvest Moon. I was like, oh my god. Harvest Moon? Fucking cute. Yeah. That's the name of the song? Harvest Moon. Oh, I really like Neil Young. So I was like totally down for it. And just John, who never really like directed movies before this, I was really impressed by what he did with this movie. He'd only directed two movies before. I think he's going to at least get an Oscar nom. I really fucking hope he does. He did such a fucking good job with this movie. How do you direct a scene that you're in? I don't really know. I'm sure he had people, like, helping him. Like a co-director? 
Yeah, I'm sure he had like a co-director. He's, he has to like stop. Hold on, I think I did that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> he like runs back to the camera. He's like, yeah. I doubt he did shit like that. <laughs> we can fix it in post. But to be honest with you, when I was looking at the behind the scenes of this movie, a lot of shots were done just in a single take. Yeah. Which is incredibly impressive to me. Most movies, you got to do like at least a couple of fucking takes to really get it right. And yeah, and then like a lot of editing. And a lot of editing, and it's especially with directors that are very particular, like Kubrick. Like he's a fucking asshole. He will make w- one actor do a take like fucking a hundred times, oh, yeah? like sixty to a hundred times. Look, man, you gotta. It's not like right. You to gotta him. let actors act. They're gonna put their own flavor on things. Yeah, this is why. Like, I'm sorry, movie fans. I know that people just like love sucking Kubrick's dick and they think he's like he jizzes like golden juice or some shit Ew, I mean that's, that's pee <laughs> I mean I know it's kind of golden but I mean like gold like fucking he shits pure gold so like he does he does not the most hard he's like please stop sucking <laughs> No, oh my god. I ruin the USA economy every time, please. Oh god. You don't understand. I can't stop shitting gold. <laughs> Fucking hurts so bad. But yeah, no. I just, I don't praise the ground he works. Ground newer? I don't, pra- <laughs> I don't praise the ground that he works on. That he walks on. There you go. You almost got it. I'm drunk, excuse me. You said New York like four times. <laughs> I don't praise the ground New York. I don't proud... Proud. <laughs> I just, just keep going. You're not going to get it. Actually, no, one more time, one more time, one more time, one more time. From the top, from the top. Remember? Remember you're singing lessons. La, la, la. I don't praise the ground that he walks on. There you go. I did it, guys. You, did it. you just Kubrick yourself. You had to, like, do that. <laughs> she had to do 60 takes in order to get this right. The this ground I New York on. Got it. We're not made of money, okay? <laughs> but, yeah, I don't... You don't worship the ground he walks on. I don't worship the ground he walks on. Because I think he's kind of an asshole... And he's too much a perfectionist, and it pisses me off. Well, we had a viewer, and now he's gone. (laughs) (laughs) That was fun. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) So, John has only really directed, like, two movies before this. Also, he did direct movies before this. He did, just not a lot. That's why I was so impressed by how well he did. What movies did he direct? Um, One of them is called The Haulers, and the other one... The what? The Haulers. How do you spell that? H-O-L-L-A-R-S. The Haulers. The fuck does that mean? I don't fucking know. I haven't seen it. <laughs> Holla! That's a holler. Holla! <laughs> and uh, the other movie is called Brief Interviews with Hideous Men. I want to watch that movie. What the fuck is that? Um, which sounds interesting. I haven't seen that one either. It's just like a video of me. I'm like, no! <laughs> <laughs> it's just Andre like screaming at the camera the whole time. And then he's just dressed up in different outfits. He's all of the hideous With men. With different screams. <laughs> I really hope that's A what the movie is. A scream for each outfit. <laughs> um, and John also directed a couple of episodes of The Office, which was cool. Which ones? I don't know. I just know it's uh, a couple of them. Oh, okay, whatever. Probably all the gym-centric ones. Oh, <laughs> what? Because he's so self-centered? He's yeah. like, I'm going to put gym in here a lot. He's a gym. Or the ones without gym. You know what? That's it, That's actually camera. probably true. Ooh. And then another really interesting fact about this movie is that the crew actually avoided making excess noise just because they wanted to emphasize the small little actors' interactions that they were going to emphasize later in post-production just to elaborate on how quiet this world is and how still the world is around them. 
Wait, so, does that mean like you get on set and they're like, Shh, probably <laughs> <Like>, shut up? <laughs> they were like, it's called a quiet, it's a quiet place. place. Shut the fuck up, shut, <laughs> Larry. No, <laughs> you, you take that phone <laughs> call off guy, the lot. No, I'm imagining a guy just like opening a wrapper to like crackers or something. Larry, like, you get the Larry. They all just like stare at him collectively. <laughs> they're like Larry. Stop. Just like you fucking asshole. Yeah, like his friend's like, Larry, no, please. Always Larry. Jim's coming. I forgot his real name. Was Jim's John, coming? John, John, <laughs> John Krasinski. Yeah, like, John Krasinski. <laughs> He's like, oh, you like that rapper, do you? Well, I bet you like that rapper. Better at home, Larry. No pay. <laughs> so, yeah, they did. They wanted to boost all of the small little sounds that were actually made on set and emphasize those in post-production. Yeah, you could really hear the actors breathe in this movie a lot. I know, it was crazy. Like, like when the monsters are near, they're like, <laughs> I'm like, please, no shut up. Like, especially in the scene where they're playing Monopoly with the little pieces of fabric. Oh, that was cool. I can literally hear the fabric, like, the like t- touching the board. It's like a... It was crazy. I was yeah, like, dude. what the... Fuck. Definitely a movie to see in theaters unless you have like a like 100%. a bougie bow system at your home. Yeah, no, watch this movie in theaters. It, yeah. It's it's a it's a shared collective experience. Like the people around you, you could tell like they're trying to be quiet too. Yeah. It's this weird like hushed silence throughout. It kind of hive minds you. It was really fucking awesome. I really and like when shocking things happen, like we all would collectively like gasp. <laughs> Um, spoilers, like, at the be- very beginning, like, they killed one of the kids. Yeah. I was genuinely shocked. Murder the crab. They- I did not think that was gonna fucking happen. I mean, they did an it. Because when I saw the trailer, every time they would, like, cut after that scene, he would be holding a kid in his, like, on his back. Right. So you just kind of assume it was that kid, but right. it wasn't. Oh, he saved the kid. It was his other son. No, that kid, scene. like, oh my god. That that shocked the fuck out of me. Like, is it bad that, like, it hit me so hard, I, like, had to edit it in my mind? So, like, when he gets hit by the monster, I hear, like, like a squeaking. Oh, God. <laughs> like, it was, I really it was, like, that, it me. I was, I was shooketh. I was really, like, upset. What's with Hollywood now? Are we allowed to kill kids? Apparently. we kill, They killed the kid in It. They ripped his fucking arm We went off. from trying to censor, like... Like, kids' death? Killing kids in, like, video games <laughs> and shit? It started with like, Logan. Like, Fable too. No, in Logan. <laughs> what happened to Logan? With the little girl, she just keeps getting fucking Oh, stabbed. yeah. She's <laughs> like, the little girl just fucking stabbed her. I'm like, oh. It started Logan. Like, little kids are... They shot her with bows and shit. <laughs> Little kids are becoming little badasses now in movies. Yeah, they're dying, too. It's pretty too. cool. And they die, and they're just, they're being treated like little humans, which I appreciate, to be honest with you. I think it's really cool. Me too. Because they are just little humans. They're not, like, little fucking animals or pets. Like, they're yeah, people. They're, they're people. And people die sometimes. It sucks. And also, like, I like, it, it, it makes more suspense with kids, because before with kids, you're like, oh, the kid's gonna be fine. Now you don't know. Like, that kid could fucking just explode, and you'll never fucking never see it coming. It's, it has more of an effect on people than uh, kids. Especially now that we're older. Yeah. Mm. It it really upset me when the kid died. And, like, Emily Blunt has a scene where she's, like, talking about it, and it, like, it, like, you it actually up. upset me. Yeah, you, you teared like, up. Like, a lot of parts of this movie, like, genuinely, like, upset me. But in a good way, not a bad way. Like, I was really fucking touched by this movie. I, I suggest every fucking everybody go fucking see this movie. I fucking loved this movie. It was it was absolutely fantastic. It was beautiful. And we'll get into our opinions more later, but let me just finish up all of this background information. Go ahead. So 
the sound was actually even completely removed during scenes. Obviously, the scenes where the deaf daughter is the focus. Right, yeah, those were good scenes. Which I really liked, because it brought us more into her world, which is a different world from the other characters in the film. Mm-hmm. She's the only deaf person. And the actress herself, Millicent Simmons, is actually deaf, which I think is fucking rad as shit. I love You that. love that she's deaf? <laughs> no, I don't love that she's deaf. I love that she's getting representation and that yeah. she's she's representing an actual deaf person because she is a deaf person. Yeah, because in Hollywood all the time they're like, well, we need someone that's a paraplegic or someone's missing a leg and they just they find an actor just like, and then they put a weird name on it and then they'll be like, oh no, Hugh Jackman's going to be a man without a leg in this instead I of getting like that. a person with like, an actor cast, without a leg. They cast famous or big Hollywood names and then they just like edit out their limbs or some shit. It's fucking stupid. Like, I love Charlize Theron, but you couldn't have cast, you know, an excellent actress who just happened to be missing an arm? Yeah. Is that, like, not possible? Is that what you're trying to tell me? Like, hundreds of people try out for acting stuff now. Yeah. I mean, I think the fucking... Mad Max was a great movie. I love that movie. But I think that it would be nice to actually see deaf actors and actresses and people with disabilities. Mm Mm-hmm. And... You know, representation. People, I think it's really cool to see somebody on screen and feel like you're being represented. It's it's awesome. We need more people of color in movies. We need more people with you know people who are deaf, people who have learning disabilities, people who have physical disabilities. Like I want to see more of that because I think it's fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Give them work, you know. So yeah, I think I really liked that part of the movie, and I really liked that John Krasinski. He pushed for her to be in the movie. Like he was like, I, it needs to be a deaf actress. Like, she has to teach me something about this role. I'm not going to get that from someone who isn't deaf, who doesn't understand. And she just added this depth to it that I don't think if a person who wasn't deaf could have really added to it. Mm -hmm. I don't think they really could have understood the severity of it and what it's actually like to be deaf. Also, it's really interesting to see, like, the deaf scenes. Because, like, when the monsters are around, she can't hear them. So everyone else would be like, oh, there's a monster over here. And, like, I know that sounds dumb, because you're like, obviously she's if she can't hear him, but, like, it... I don't know, like, being an American and being kind of cocky, I'd be like, oh, I probably feel the vibrations of the ground or something. No, she just didn't fucking know they were there. It's also because, like, in horror films, we tend to put ourselves in there, right? So yeah. if we're like, oh, well, if we were there, we wouldn't fall for that fucking stupid mistake. Right. But it's hard to criticize her because she's deaf. Yeah, so she, she is hindered in this situation, naturally. And she will not know where the creatures... Because the creatures make noise, like, you can hear them. So you can't yell at her and be like, oh, it's obviously behind you. It's like, she, it's not obvious to her because she can't fucking hear where they exactly. are. That's, so, what, that's what Joe actually told me. It makes it way more horrifying. Joe was like, oh, when she put the ear thing on the first time and it made the monster go. I'm like, yeah, but she, she wasn't looking at the monster. She didn't know that the ear thing did that. Cause she didn't see that until the final scene. Right. But I did really like that part of the film that... Especially, like, the, you know, the fact that he pushed for her, I think, is really fucking cool. And we need that more in films now. And like I commented on before, there was very little takes in this movie, which I think is really fucking cool. I was watching the behind the scenes, and the scene where they knock over, like, the lantern, and it sets, like, the fabric on fire and next to the Monopoly board. You can see that in the trailer. And they start freaking out. That only took maybe, like, a few takes. Really? Like, one or two. I watched them do the whole fucking thing, and I was like, What? That's crazy. John's like, yeah, that was good. I was like, what? <laughs> good job. He's like, I was like, that was it? <laughs> that, that was it? Just a couple takes? Man, if you're like acting in a scene and you're directing the movie, you must really like 
trust your cinematographer and stuff. I know, right? I mean, it just, again, I could be wrong. Like, I could be totally wrong. This is just what it seemed like from watching the documentary. It wasn't a documentary, but they had clips of, like, behind the scenes, like, when it was filming, and it really did seem like scenes only took a couple of takes. And what John Krasinski was talking about, for example, the bathtub scene, he said that was only done in one take. Really? I was like, what the fuck? Good job, Emily Blunt. She pretended to give birth. And then they were like, okay, cut. And she was like, what's everyone having for lunch? <laughs> like, I'm dead serious. She was like, what, what are you guys having for lunch? What are we doing? Are you, you, you feeling panetta? Like, that's crazy, dude. <laughs> How the fuck do you come out of some intense shit like that? And then you're just like, I'm hungry. That's <laughs> <Like, laughs> her job. I know. I'm just like, she's such a good actress. Like, she just fucking, she blew me away in this movie. That's why, um... And I know people always, they talk about the bathtub scene a lot. And yes, she did a really fucking good job, but when... She impressed me, like, when she was in the basement. Oh, when she like, stepped when on the nail? she was in the basement, she stepped on the nail. I felt every single, like, little surge of pain that she had. Like, you could see it on her face. And it wasn't just, like, present always. It was in surges. Yeah. And, like, I don't know if you guys have been in pain before, but that's, like, kind of what it feels like. Yeah, it's not, or like, Or at least constant. to me. It's not, like, a constant thing. It comes in, like, waves. I've never given birth, but I don't know. I can only assume that it's sort of like that. That it, it comes in, like, surges and, like, wells of pain. Well, that's why you have contractions, right? Right. And, and she she really fucking portrayed that, like, just so well to me. Like, the acting in this movie was 100% on point. John was fantastic. He was the heart of the film. Emily did such a fucking good job at portraying pain and compassion and, like, creating this world for her family to live in. She wanted them to have a life. Like, she was the one who was giving them games and, like, putting out pillows and, like, making it comfortable because she didn't want it to seem like her family was 100% living in danger all the time. Because mm-hmm. that's not a way for kids to live. Like, she wanted to have a family. And, like, I had a lot of respect for her. I thought that was really fucking cool. And the kid actors, also... 100% on point. Like, yeah, they did a really good job. I fucking loved them. They were fantastic. The little kid in the beginning, he was so cute. Oh my god, I was so sad. He was so he cute. He was so fucking cute. Until he got smacked. <sighs> oh god, that, I'm sorry. I almost cried during this movie like five times. And I don't cry during movies. And I didn't cry, cry, but I like teared up a lot. It was something. So the original script actually had like very little dialogue. More was only added later once John was brought in, and he was kind of like, I mean, that's a really ambitious thing that you're doing, having this minimal dialogue, but p- people are going to kind of be lost. Yeah. Uh, there needs to be a little more dialogue. So the original version kind of seemed to be more of an ambitious piece, where there was, like, basically no dialogue. Which would have been crazy. It would have been really interesting to, like, see what the original script was. It might be floating around somewhere, but... I like the film that it ended up being. And I like the script it ended up being, too. And then Reagan's piece, I know that you probably don't know the characters' names, because they don't really say their names in the movie. Yeah, they don't really. I I can't remember one time where they say a name. But Reagan is the deaf girl who is Millicent's character. That's actually a cochlear implant that, that he gives to her and that she has in her hand and she has over her ear. It's not a hearing aid. They're actually kind of different things. A cochlear implant uh, translates vibrations into nerve impulses, which makes sense as to how, like, that would mess with the creature's communication system. I really liked that because it was a very logical explanation. It wasn't, like, something ridiculously, like, 
something science fiction or fantasy aspect. It makes sense for her hearing aid to mess with a communication system that was based on vibrations because so is her cochlear implant. Mm-hmm. It made sense. Um, I just like that, like, he kept modifying it. He, like, really wanted her to hear. I loved that part of the movie. I mean, she was a dick about it, but... He loved his kids so fucking much. He just wanted her to be able to hear. Yeah. And I know that you think it's, like, self, like, aggrandizing, and you think that... No, it is. He was, like... I'm not saying it it would, like, ruin the film, but uh, it was. I thought he was the heart of the film. I really, really liked... But his he helped, character. He, he helped write his own character. Look how badass and loving Make him at his like character. A, yeah, but he's also a dad that makes mistakes, too. Because if you think about it, if he just let her down into the basement and let her, like, see what he was doing, they might not have been in that horrible instance later where he had to sacrifice his life for his kids. If he just let her in earlier. Because that was a mistake. He fucked up. He made her feel like... He didn't love her. I'm not saying that he wasn't the perfect... Like, he was a perfect dad. But he did make himself seem like... Yeah, like... A dad a, who would do anything for his kids. I'm gonna die. He's a good husband. I'm going to try to fight hero. Monster with X. I agree. Even though I know Monster with bulletproof. <laughs> but it didn't really, like, draw anything away from the movie for me. No. If anything, no, no, no. it made me kind of like him more. It just, it just, It just made me giggle. I was like, hee <laughs> hee. Yeah. He's like, I'm a great dad. <laughs> I am such I'm a good sure. dad. I would die for my kid. Well, would you do that, Larry? <laughs> with your fucking Snickers? I'm sure that he is a great dad. I don't doubt it. So, mm. I was okay with it. And what, what, another crazy thing about it is that this movie was only on like a $17 million budget, which for now is like really small. That's <laughs> like... Not yeah, that's like that's like nothing for Hollywood. It's like nothing for Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Hollywood's, Hollywood's making like fucking two hundred million dollar yeah, fucking production. An actor gets seventeen million dollars for acting in the movie. Yeah, God or more. Or more. Um, and the movie. This was when I was doing research. It had already made seventy one million. So it's more, which now. is a lot. Yeah. It's probably more now. <laughs> then what if that was our pitch? Because he's like, what if I get the seventeen million and flip the numbers? You get 71 back. You get 71. So, yeah, it had already made um, $71 million. It's probably made more now. Yeah, definitely. But still, like, $17 million We kept... saw the movie, what, like a yeah, week after? Yeah, because we saw the movie... No, the weekend it came out, we saw the movie. Okay, so yeah, we saw the... And that was already $71 million. No, 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 no. It made around $50 million uh-huh. in its first weekend. Okay. And then, I guess, like, towards the end of the weekend, towards the beginning of the week, it was $71 million. Oh, yeah, so it's probably like a so lot more So it's probably now. a lot more now. A couple hundred. It's made a lot of fucking money, guys, on a $17 million budget, and you know what? It deserves every fucking penny, because that movie's fan-fucking-tastic. It's one of the best horror movies I've seen in a really long time. Um, Does your note say silo corn thing? Yes. Shut <laughs> the fuck up. <laughs> We're not there yet. Did you not know what a silo is? I didn't. I had to look it up. <laughs> I had to look it up for the corn scene. I was like, what the fuck is that? It's a silo. I didn't know it was called a silo, okay? Well, someone lived a privileged life. They didn't know nothing about no farm. Oh, really? I lived a privileged life because I no, lived in the fucking Midwest. <laughs> I just, I just know what a silo is because of like Farmville back at the barnyard. Are you serious? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> in, uh, <laughs> I was playing Fortnite and I landed on top of a structure in the farm, one of the farm areas. And it's a silo. No, and my, I was like, "What am I on?" And my friend David was like, "It's a silo." And I was like, "All right, cool." Well, you know what? For all you listeners out there who didn't know that it was called a silo, the corn thing that they were in. Guess what? I'm educating you. It is a called holder. a silo. 
Also, I think they said it was a silo in The Good Dinosaur. You ever watched that movie? A long time ago. That was a good movie, though. And I kind of was thinking about this while I was watching the movie, but apparently when they were talking to John about it later, he took inspiration from other movies that he was going to put the little flavors into his film. So he took inspiration from... Don't breathe, get out, and Jaws, oh, which don't breathe. I, love don't I like 120% saw. Like, I felt it in the movie. Don't breathe had a similar, like, tension to it. Like, you didn't know what was going to happen next. It was like they were walking on eggshells. Mm-hmm. It was a similar kind of feel. Oh, it was because also the crazy blind man, the old man, he could only hear. Exactly. So it was a similar kind of a plot, even, to be honest. Mm-hmm. If you if he was an alien, yeah. if, you, if you make him an alien, <laughs> if you make him an alien, <laughs> and then they live in the house instead of kids breaking in the yeah. house, yeah, it's roughly the same. Get Out, I could see inspirations as well. That's on you. I didn't watch Get Out. Get Out's really good. While this movie's not political based, Get Out obviously is. Again, it's just like certain flavors of it, like the tension that you could feel like you know you couldn't cut it with a knife. Like it's it's this this air to it that's similar. A cacophony of unsound. Yeah, man. And Jaws, I could see that too. You build it. I just thought it was really impressive. Jaws is like, all about suspense and tension, and so was this movie. I was really impressed with this movie because sound is like so important to horror movies. Yep. And the fact that they could still get you with with minimal, like no sound. There was no there was no like orchestraic build mm-hmm. up or creepy twangs or weird giggles in the it hall. It did have a soundtrack. It did have this kind of like ambient sort of. Yeah, but in the scare scenes, it was just quiet. Most of them, not all of them. They weren't 100% Like quiet. the raccoon scene. Oh, there was noise. Yeah, the raccoon. Yeah. <laughs> it was like shuffle. But it's... What, dead silence. That's what makes the movie effective, though. Because the when, when there is noise, it's... Since it's so scattered rare. throughout and rare, it affects you more. It hits you in a different way. <laughs> oh, there's sound in this movie. Yeah, you're like, oh my god! Oh my god, it's the loud! fucking sound! And, like, you're scared, even in a theater. Like, you don't want them to make noise. So <laughs> when noise happens, you're like, fuck! Oh, yeah, and, and like, Stop! They don't really explain, like, what sound is too loud and what's not. I love that. At so, the very like, beginning, because they're making, like, little... Little sounds. Minute noises, and it scares me, because I'm like, I don't understand. minute? Minute, yeah. It's minute. Minute. <laughs> minute. Whatever. Minute. I'm a minute. Does that fucking matter? I'm Little small noises, like small noises, and I'm like, they didn't, they don't, uh, they didn't establish yet, like, what noises are too loud and what aren't, so I'm, like, very tense at the beginning, because I know that it's noises that set these creatures off. So, like, the fluttering of the newspaper, I'm like, is that too loud? Yeah, when the creatures go, (laughs) is that newspaper too loud? I'm like, is that newspaper too loud? You're gonna get them killed, newspaper! (laughs) No, but I, f- I felt you on that. Or, like, when the thing's in the basement with her, and she's like, ah, my phone, like, ah. I know, I'm like, fuck, like, Is that too that? loud? Uh, but they do have a basis for it further into the film, which was good, because you need to know, like... Fireworks definitely too loud. Right. <laughs> there needs to be a logic as to, like, how loud the noises are in order for the creatures to be set off. Quiet little noises obviously don't set them off as much, but... If it's, like, a relatively loud noise. I also really like the river scene. The waterfall? Yeah, the whole river scene, where he's just, like, yeah, river. Like, I you can come too. here, river will mask you, and then he goes to the waterfall and starts because yelling. Because they need a way to release their emotion and yeah, anger. It's also the first time you hear someone talk. You, um, was that the waterfall? I think there was there was whispering before, but that was the first scene where it was, like, talking. Yeah, like, whispering, like, it'd be, like, one word. He'd be like, no. 
And then she'd yeah. sign. She'd <laughs> he, be like, no. no, there's a scene at the beginning where he's talking to the sun and he's like whispering and he's oh, saying, right. this he's is like, too loud. We can't. But like, it's mostly whispering. That was the first scene where people were actually like talking. And I like that scene a lot as well. You need to be able to, we are not a species. <laughs> Since we've learned communication verbally, I don't think there's any way to go back. <laughs> we're not a species who could go backwards like that. I think if we had to and we had to sign, we could. But the fact that you know, I have a voice. I want to be able to speak. Hell yeah. Also, because like, how do you, how do you like get get attention in an argument? Like, if there's like a bunch of people arguing, you're like, hey, you just kind of like wave your hand. Yeah, you just know. you just like do but jumping then, jacks. You're like, you listen, <laughs> listen to me. I have a good point. But <laughs> then you have to think about it in the other context of this is actually like a world for some people. For right. Deaf people, they just don't hear. Period. Can there be a deaf convention? Can we go to a deaf convention? What? How quiet would it be? <laughs> like, oh, like, God. Would you just hear, like, like... And then that's it? Only people walking? you would fucking say shit like that. I want to go to a deaf convention. What would, it, would it be, like, the quiet place? Would it be, like, super quiet? Except for people walking, Except of course. I don't think there's aliens going to jump out and murder you well, at a deaf convention. I I'm hope just, not. I'm just saying. What if that's a game they play? That's a common. <laughs> that is a common deaf game that we play. God. Okay. Uh, yeah, we don't mean to offend any deaf people out there. No, they're awesome. But yeah, that would be interesting. And another thing I think is really cool is that Krasinski is actually possibly in the works for another movie, a science fiction movie Ooh. called Life on Mars. Okay. That is also being distributed by Paramount. All right, cool. They're in negotiations to pick up this project. There's no writer on board as of yet, and Krasinski's not really expected to star in it, but he's going to be involved in it, most likely direct. Um, he's also going to be a producer on the project. Oh, no. I just thought of a terrible joke. What? Because you were like, we don't mean to offend any deaf people. And I'm like, how would they know they couldn't hear us? I was going to make that joke, too. <laughs> oh, we're terrible! Yeah. But I was like, that's kind of fucked up. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm just going to move on now. <laughs> I don't want to fucking oh, piss off deaf no. people because I think they're really cool and I really respect them because yeah, they have to put up a lot of fucking bullshit. Ugh, it's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, the project is going to adapt a short story by Cecil Castellucci. I've never heard of that writer. Cecil Castellucci? you never yeah. heard of the Cecil Castellucci? <laughs> I've never heard of that person. I don't know. If he made this salsa, I'd eat it. Though. That sounds delicious. Maybe. Yeah, I've never heard of that person, but it's called We Have Always Lived on Mars. We Have Always Lived on Mars. And it's about a woman who uh-huh. comes from a bunch of descendants who live on this Martian colony on a long-abandoned Earth following, like, an apocalypse, basically. Oh, that sounds cool. Um, and the woman finds out that she could breathe the air that's on Mars, and it uh, it fucks up the colonists, it fucks up their world that she could breathe on Mars. <laughs> what? It sounds really interesting. It sounds interesting. How is that like she can breathe? Yeah, like, no, I was like, I don't understand how that would anarchy. fuck up everybody else's world, but it sounds interesting. I guess they're like, they start... Maybe she's like a higher evolved being, and it like scares people. Or like, just, they start trying. Just, oh, she can do it. Or is it yeah. will die? Maybe. Maybe it's like know. a classist movie where she's like uh, lower class. <laughs> so the upper class is like, we can do it, and their heads explode. I <laughs> haven't read the book, so... Oh, it's twice on a book. I'm... Um, yeah, it's based on a book. Mm. I just, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what it's about. I've never read it, so. Okay. Well, I'm just, I'm excited for 
just to see him do movies more because I liked this movie so much that I'm like on the fucking John Krasinski hype train. Oh no, are you obsessed? I'm on the hype train. I oh, want to no. see what he, he does. Like he did such a fucking good job with this movie. I just I'm obsessed. What are you gonna do next? What are you gonna, John? I'm on board, yo. Wasn't this supposed to be a swan song? Wasn't he supposed to quit after this? Oh yeah, he. I don't know if he was joking, but he was like. I kind of want to quit after this <laughs> because, like, I'm getting such a good reaction for people. I want to just, you know, end on a really good note. Yeah, dude, I'm done. Because I don't want to. I'm gonna take my ten mil. Face a rejection of have another mil. movie and have it, you know, go horribly wrong. Do you think you got paid for being director, help, uh, I guess, co-writer, and like star? That is exact. That was that is exactly what I said before. I was like, does he get paid like a shitload more yeah, because like... he's acting, writing? And directing? Does he get... Is there, like, a base salary that he gets, like, incentives? Or does he get a salary for each I of them? I really want to know how much he got paid for this movie. Like, yeah, I'm really too. curious. Maybe that's why he said I he's, I have like, a feeling that it's not as much. Much? No? To be honest with you. Okay. Because it was a passion project. He just wanted... He just really liked the story. And he wanted people to see it. Well, as long as he broke even, I guess. I mean... He's I, gonna. Trust me. He's gonna make a lot of money just the profit. You're gonna say Mooney? Moonie. <laughs> He's gonna make a lot of moonies. A lot of moonies. Kingdom Hearts moonies. Oh, the moonies. Yeah. <laughs> He's gonna make a lot of Kingdom Hearts dollars. A lot of the circles, half yellow, half yeah, blue. Yeah, he's gonna collect them by doing double jump. <laughs> <He's gonna> beat, <laughs> up. <laughs> um, beat up the monsters. So yeah, I'm moonies. sure he made money off of it. And he deserves it, because it's a really fucking good movie. Oh! That ties in. That means that the monsters from The Quiet Place are heartlesses. <gasps> oh my god! Oh. John Krasinski lives in a heartless universe. Oh no. Guys, breaking story. Yo, Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> quiet Place. Quiet <laughs> Place Kingdom level. Hearts 3, there's like a Quiet Place level. Oh, oh my god! The just gets like torn to shreds. <laughs> oh my god! That's fucking horrible! Oh my god. I'm just saying, ever since Disney bought Fox... Uh, <laughs> There's gonna be a Simpsons level. There's gonna be a. I want there to be a Star Wars level so bad. There's not gonna be a Star. <gasps> Gummy shit blows up Death Star. I want to see that. Sora, really you turned off your navigating computer. Is everything okay? I want to see a lightsaber like Keyblade. That'd be cool. I want to know what that looks like. <clears throat> I think it'd be really dope. So now we're gonna get into symbolism and imagery in the movie, which I feel like there was a good amount of. Something that I do think is really cool is that they finally represented. A disability is a strength in this movie. The deaf girl? The deaf daughter is the hero. Like, she discovers the creature's weakness because she's deaf. Right. She They never would have found out that the creature reacted so strongly to the vibrations and to... What was the machine called again? The hearing aid thing. Cochlear implant. Cochlear implant. They never thought that, you know, if she wasn't deaf, there would never be no cochlear implant in order for them to destroy their creatures. Yeah, John Krasinski's character wouldn't have, uh, like, rigged it with radio enhancers and stuff to try to get her to hear so that this thing would have been created. So, like, when do you ever see, like, a person with a disability be the fucking hero in the movie? It's Mm -hmm. awesome. Forrest Gump, Lieutenant Dan. Easy peasy. He ain't got no legs. (laughs) Name another fucking movie. Uh. Uh. I can't think of any. Like, that's awesome. I love that. That he did that with this movie. Like, just because you're deaf doesn't mean you can't fucking help people. It doesn't mean you can't have a normal life. It doesn't mean that you can't be the hero. And she was a fucking hero. And that's awesome. I'm gonna find one. Daredevil's blind. He's got superpowers, (laughs) Andre. He's got super echolocation. (laughs) Another strength about this movie that I think is really awesome is the importance that they put on family. 
I always took the implant as less of a symbol of communication and more of a symbol of family. Because the dad worked on it so hard? Because her father worked on it painstakingly for Mm -hmm. her, taking apart all these different models, trying to just make her life easier and safer for her to hear. She was such a jerk about it. Well, yeah, but I was okay with that scene because, to be honest with you, they didn't tell you whether that was the sixth model or the tenth model or the fifth model. Like, you don't know how many times that he's gone up to her and been like, oh, this is going to work now. And how frustrating it is to just live in a world where you get fucking here and you don't know where the monster is and your dad continuously giving you this hope, like, oh, you're going to be able to hear now. And it not fucking working. Like, it sucks. I don't know. I would have been like, thanks, we'll try again. She's like, just stop, Dad. Just stop. Like, just leave me alone. I'm never going to be able to hear. Like, she's upset. And she's tired. And she lives in a world where she can't fucking hear anything ever. She doesn't know when she's in danger. Because although everyone is living in danger collectively, she lives in a different kind of danger. Because she doesn't fucking hear when she makes these noises. That's she doesn't know she if she's something. being too loud, if she's causing a commotion. If she accidentally bumps something and it Yeah, over. she can't fucking hear that shit. Yeah, so she, she knocks something you over. You don't even take it out on your dad who's making the cochlear implant for you. I'm not saying that you she You put sh- it on, you turn it on, yay, nay, and then you try again. I'm not trying to say that she shouldn't have been mean to her dad. I'm just... I, I understand what she's going through. Okay. I understand where she's coming from. It wasn't, like, unwarranted. Being mean to her dad is kind of unwarranted. On that case. Because he's like, here, here's this thing that may or may not help you. She's also a teenager? Going through... God damn it, Dad. Going through puberty through a very How dare you try so hard? Apocalyptic-y time. (laughs) But also, she might not have known the extent that he went to to protect them. He never let her in. Like, he never let her go into the basement to see what was happening. She just wanted to be treated like an adult, to be honest with you. Which, in that world... I think she would kind of classify as one. Yeah, absolutely. Not a lot of people. Like, she's an adult in that world. And she wanted to be treated with the respect of an adult. And it wasn't something that he was giving her. So, I was okay with her freaking out. Um, Another thing that I thought was symbolic was the car, I thought, was interesting. And made an appearance more than I thought it was going to. Yeah, twice. At the beginning, when the kid got into it, I was like... Pretending to drive. Yeah, he was, like, pretending to drive. And I just thought it was so cute. Because I'm like... What the fuck kind of little kid entertains himself by like pretending to drive? It's such a mundane thing, but to him it was so exciting. It actually hit me like really hard. I know because I was like, it was something you take for granted. It's something you take for granted that you don't have anymore. They don't have this luxury. They have to walk everywhere. They have to never make sound. That sucks. And it was it was like he craved for the normalcy of what life was. You would just drive around. You go to work. You take the bus. You'd. You'd talk, you'd hang out, and it's it's gone now. Yeah, he possibly have, forever. It like it hit me because like it's like uh, the next the first rite of passage that you get when you become like from boy to That's teenager true. Learning is how learning to how to drive a car. That's true. And to him, it was a game because he would never be able to. So he was just like playing with it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn, that's rough. I always took it as a symbol of like freedom, and like escape. Like, mm. that's what the car was. And later words, it actually ends up being their escape. Yeah. That's how they leave. So, I like how the car played an important part. And it is something that we do take for granted in our life. Because they were in it, they hit the neutral or whatever, and it just rolled down the hill mm-hmm. and saved them. It did. If he didn't play those games, he wouldn't have known. So, I liked that. I think the waterfall also was another symbol for freedom and escape. Well, the, like, freedom's forever moving or something? The movement of it... 
the fact that they're able to make as much noise as they want and the waterfall will mask their sounds. And then water also is typically portrayed as healing. It's usually portrayed in imagery and in Except for when the spooky literature. went underwater. That was, that was awful. Oh, yeah. When the spooky <laughs> Except went that underwater. part was uh, oh, something God. else. When the I mean, the was creature flooded. felt free, I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> wow, this is really <laughs> healing really me. really healing me. <laughs> oh, man, I feel good. <laughs> but, yeah, I really liked that the movie was very family-based. It was... They took such mundane versions of technology <laughs> and made them seem, like, awesome. Like a car and fireworks. Like, I don't think fireworks oh, were that the cool. fireworks. And the lights and, like, the candles and little Monopoly board and little pieces of felt. Like, they took all of these mundane things and made them awesome in this world. The baby box. The baby box. You gotta get your baby, yeah. you gotta put it in a box. Baby box. <laughs> That's my favorite part. I don't think that would work, though, if I'm being honest with you. No, it would definitely not work. I'm pretty sure they would run out of oxygen. No, he had the oxygen mask. Like, ha- um, I'm saying the oxygen tank. Yeah. How much fucking oxygen do people have that you're just going to be putting this baby in a fucking box? Oh. I don't know. That part, that part is a little much. Well, <laughs> I don't think it was a permanent... I know. It wasn't a permanent thing. I think it was like a temporary fix. Yeah, they were just for whatever they can do at this time. It was it was smart. I just don't know how it would work in real life. That just sucks. Cause like, that does suck. Having a baby in the apocalypse is like the worst idea you ever. You ever watched 30 Days of Night? Have you seen The Walking Dead? <laughs> Have you ever seen 30 Days of Night? Yes. There's, there's a baby and they had to like basically kill the baby. Yeah. Because the baby wouldn't stop crying. I remember that part of the first really sad. He like smothers the baby. Yeah, and I kind of took this movie... It was refreshing because it had a relatively positive outlook on humans as a species. For once. For once. Yeah. Which is really cool. We've really gotten into this whole thing of like... The only negative that I kind of saw was the old man that got upset and started screaming. Even then, that was really human. But even then, I felt really bad for him. It's yeah. just like, he's like, I just want to die. But I got pissed at him because he's putting other fucking people at risk and that pisses me off. Yeah, he could have But it's still a human reaction. He's like, I just want to fucking die. Like, the love of, that's probably the love of his life. Fucking died in front of him. Like, it's horrible. I don't leave it open. Like, you don't know if the... The creature couldn't have got her because she didn't get eaten. She just has, like, a blood on her. Like, did the old man kill her? Did she fall down? Yeah, that part... That part I thought was interesting. Like, did he murder her? The fact that he, like, found her like that. So I don't think the creature got her. I think she might have killed herself. Maybe. Or she got hurt from another reason, like she fell, or... I, I'm trying to remember, like, the wounds that she had, and... She just had, like, a cut on her stomach or something. It was something like that, but it wasn't... Like, I don't think it was the creature. I don't think it was a Because you never marks. see any bodies. And the creature... Like, when the creature takes you, like, they consume all of you. Yeah, they eat you. Or they hide you somewhere, because there's no fucking dead bodies You anywhere. don't see that dead raccoon in the cornfield. Yeah, you know, you don't it's see... gone. You see any fucking dead bodies, they take them. The little kid? Gone. Gone forever. I just really like, yeah, it had a positive outlook on our species for once, and it was like, what would you do to protect the people that you love? What would you do? And, like, apparently, like, the people in this universe would do fucking anything, apparently, <laughs> well, to protect the people that they love. John Krasinski's character. The mom, the too! Mom. She would do mom. anything. Just saying. But they're the only two bases of, like, adult humans that we have in this movie. Except for the old man. Except for the old man, who's an asshole. But we forgive you. This shit happens. No, no. 
old man who might have murdered think, his fucking I life. think it was pretty cool. We actually gave humanity a break, I feel like. They're portraying in a relatively good light, which I think is really cool. Mm-hmm. Another thing that I took as kind of, like, imagery or symbolism was the newspapers. Yo, the newspapers were the best part. I feel like that was hinting at important plot points, um... You know, the creature's movements and weaknesses. Yeah, because, like, again, the newspaper told you that... Uh, I, for- I forgot the- most of the articles, but I remember the one that really sung with me was that they were bulletproof. Yeah. They were unkillable, and then it showed a guy shooting the creature with, like, a machine gun. Yeah, and at the very beginning of the movie, you see a newspaper, too. It's just kind of, like, fluttering in the wind, and it kind of sounds kind of peaceful. Like, really, if you haven't seen this movie, and I don't know why, because you've made it this far, you have to read the newspapers. They yeah, have, they're like, very hints. important. They have hints, they have details that, like, if you were leaving that movie theater, like, well, why didn't... They just shoot the creature before. I'm like, what well, thing a lot had, of it was had a video game crit spot within its head that it needed to be open, and no one else figured that out. I don't know why. That's why I don't like it when people fucking criticize this movie because it doesn't give enough information. Like, you're obviously too fucking stupid to pay attention, like, to the small little bits of information. The movie doesn't baby you. It doesn't fucking spoon feed you fucking shit all of this goddamn background information to your lap. It doesn't baby you. It gives it to you over time in little spoonfuls. And you have to pay attention. You have to read the articles. You have to read the things on the board that they're talking about. You have to pay attention to everything around them. Yeah, like, I wouldn't have got the detail of him crossing all the major cities and continents and countries yeah. if you don't read the little paper he has in the beginning. Yeah, you have to read. And, like, they don't come back to it. Like, you see that note, you can read what he crossed out because it's kind of highlighted. And then it goes on. It just continues. Right. So now you know that he's trying to communicate with all these different places, and he's getting no response. And so this is like worldwide. Yeah, and you don't know that if you don't know if it's maybe his radio, and you don't, or if there actually is no response over there. Mm-hmm. You just don't know, and, and that's you know fine. From the newspapers that they're bulletproof. Mm-hmm. Um, he has written on the board that there was three, three in the area. There was three in the area. They learned about the sounds. They have all kinds of like notations on there. The other three, because I think there was three or four newspapers, they also tell you other things. I just didn't get a chance to look at them that long. Yeah. I really want to see this movie a second time. I think that it'll be a different experience, and I might notice a lot of things I didn't notice the first time. Um, I strongly suggest seeing it in the theater. It's it's like a collective experience. I don't know how to describe it. Everyone around you is just kind of like really still, because they're also like in the moment of the movie. It's, it's a fucking great movie, and I'm going to definitely see it more than once. And I also think it's cool that the newspapers, which are a relatively, like, old-school method of communication, is, like, one that is their saving grace. It's, like, old-school things, like, still work. Mundane things that you take for granted, like a car, or a radio, or a newspaper, ultimately could save you in the end. Was the hearing a cold again? Huh? What's the hearing a cochlear? Cochlear implant. And, or a cochlear implant. Old or, school stuff. Or a firework. Or a, or a firework. Mm-hmm. Or a bathtub to give birth in. Yep. <laughs> Good old bathtub. Good birth. old bathtubs. Or a nail to just fuck your day. <laughs> oh, God. When you step on it. Fucking nails. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Some closing questions. Do you think that this will stand the test of time? Yeah. I think it'll be very interesting. Especially later. I 120 million percent think this will stand the test of time. I think people will be studying this movie in film classes like 20 years from now. I, I think they will take pointers from yeah. this movie. I also really like that the acting was so good that even though they don't say anything or they don't say anything, you kind of know what they're thinking or doing. Yeah, just from the expressions of their face. Or like what they look and just like the panic and all that. Oh, it's so good. It was such a well done film. I fucking loved this movie. It was really refreshing. Really different. 
although it took inspirations from these newer horror films, it does set itself apart. What do you mean by that? Like what we mentioned before, it took inspiration from Get Out, Don't Breathe. It does, to me, still stand on its own as a really good horror movie. Mm-hmm. And I don't really get scared of horror movies. They made me jump at least four times. Yeah, it, it it kept me tense. Oh yeah, so tense the whole time. Because the creature's always there, man. And I don't react really to horror movies usually. Like I watch them a lot. I love horror movies, but this movie I reacted really strongly to. I was like, "Fuck!" So yeah, I think this movie would definitely stand the test of time. Um, we'll do a different question this week. So, what would you have done in this situation? Would you have kept the child, and would you have sacrificed your life? To protect your kids. Okay, so when you say kept the child, you mean the baby, right? The baby. I would have murdered the baby. When she was pregnant. I would have killed the baby. When she found out she was pregnant, would you have kept it? I would have tried to make a soundproof room, and I would have extensively tested it, but if there's no way to get the soundproof room, I would have killed the baby. If I'm being honest with you, I wouldn't have kept it. Uh, no. I know this sounds really fucked up, but especially because I had other... There was other children involved... I'm not putting my kids at risk by bringing another baby into the world. I would have not kept it. I just think it's really sad that they, they wanted that baby to replace the one that they lost. Which is why I didn't have a problem with it in the movie. Right. Because narratively, it makes sense. Yeah, because... You don't really get over losing a kid, and they lost a kid in a fucking horrible way. And they lose a kid in, what, a year later? More than a year later? They're still talking about it. Of course. Like, they weren't over it. Of course. You never get over something like that. Or, you know, to the degree where, like, they wanted another one to, like, replace it. That happens a lot after people lose a child. That's crazy. They want to have a kid afterwards. Like, my my parents, uh, my mom miscarried before I was born. Like, she was going to have another kid and it died. And she really, really wanted to have another kid. And so she eventually, you know, she had me. Um, and it wasn't to replace the kid, but it was like, you just really want to have one, and it sucks. So, let's just say, I mean, you don't have a kid, so we, we can't really give a 100% response I know, to this. it's really hard. We've also never lost a kid, so we can't give 100% right. response. But, if you lost a kid, would you try to replace it, you think? Would you, Chris, in this sense of time and mind, try to replace me it? Me now, I think, to be honest with you, it would cause me to become more jaded. And I would never want to have kids ever again. You'd just be like, no. To be honest with you. I would have the opposite reaction. Again, I don't know, because it's never happened to me. And I don't have kids. So I might be thinking differently when I do have children. But in this state of mind... And you're talking about a world I already have kids, right? Yeah, you have have three. No, I would have not kept it. 100% would not have. I'm not putting my kids that I already have at risk. Because, like, they would be my world. Like, I'm not going to jeopardize their safety because I want to have another kid. Mm-hmm. Fuck that. You'll say. Uh, and I'm not judging anybody who would do different because I wasn't judging her. I understood completely where yeah, she was coming too. from. It's just me. I just personally wouldn't Personally would not, no. I would. I, I, would I don't think it would have been a good idea. I would have. I mean, I would try to do some whatever to get rid of right. the baby. But would I have sacrificed myself for my kids? Oh, yeah. 100%. I would have definitely done what he did. Me too. Absolutely. I mean, I would try to avoid that whole situation as much as I can. <laughs> like, I would have let my kids in sooner, and maybe they would have avoided it, and maybe it wouldn't have. But I definitely would sacrifice myself. I would have sacrificed myself for my wife, too. Like, 
I'm not going to let anything happen to my family. But then again, we've never been in that situation, so... I don't think I would punk out. We don't know. But it'd be in the back of my head, but I would definitely sacrifice myself for my kids. I'd like to think that I would, too. It's the next generation. Your generation's done, dude. Yeah. You you gotta protect the next gen. So, from a scale from 1 to 10, number 1 being the little spaceship that kills the kid in the beginning, or number 10 being the fireworks, what would you rate this to? What would I rate the movie as on that scale? It's the loudest thing ever. It's the loudest firework I've ever heard. It's loud. It's 10. 10 fireworks. 10 fireworks? 10 fireworks. All right, cool. <laughs> I would say 9. Silo what? door that busted... No, I'm just kidding. It was 10. I love okay, it. I was like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> I have, like, no complaints about this movie. So what would be the... I'm very protective of it. So when people criticize it, I'm like, what the fuck did, problem did you have, huh? Well, you have to listen to them. I know. I still listen, but... Like, Joe brought up a very good point. He said that... Why was he reaching for the axe? I don't know what the fuck he was reaching for the axe. Why was he reaching for the axe? Why? You're not... They're bulletproof. You know they're bulletproof. You have the newspaper posted on your thing. Why are you reaching for the axe? I don't fucking know. I don't understand. When he reached for the axe, why? Why did he reach for the axe? He knows these things are bulletproof. What is the axe going to do? He's just going to try the best he can to try to defend his kids. He could just be unarmed. What is he going to do with an axe? Distract it? I don't know. Cling it? To be honest with you, I always took it as he knew that he was going to die, probably. Like, protecting his kids. But he was going to try to, like, put up as much of a fight as he could and try to make as much of a commotion as he could to distract. That's why I thought he picked it up. It made sense. It made sense to me. So yeah, this movie's fucking 10. Fucking loved it. Would see it again. I'd see it again. Yeah, 100%. I love this movie. Um, okay, so that's that's pretty much it. So if you guys want to get in contact with us, you could reach us um, at invasionofthenerds at gmail.com. You could also uh, reach us at Twitter. Our handle is going to be the Nerd Invasion, And you can find us on TuneIn, Google Play, and iTunes. So thank you for being great listeners, nerdlings, and we will see you next time. Bye! Next time we're going to do our episode on a movie called Opera. Um, Ooh. Yeah, so I hope you guys are really excited. It's a really good Dario Argento film. And if you've never heard of them, then we're going to give you a little education lesson. I'm excited for it. That's good. Now, quiet goodbyes. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Don't let, them, don't let the aliens hear you. Bye. 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 Later. Thank you.